In Matthew 25, the first section there, verses 1 through 13, and the title today is Kingdom Ready. And uh, before we get into Matthew 25, I want to do a recap of the Gospel of Matthew so far. When we started this series, my wife, who is amazing, she said, uh, Mike, you should do recaps of where we've been periodically. And I thought, yeah, that's a great idea. And I don't think I've done it for like a year. Whoops. So, so uh, we're going to do a recap now. Lots, of, lots on this slide. I'm just going to read it to you, and I'm going to get out of the way so that you can see it. Um, there it is. All right, that's good. So here's where we've been. Uh, Jesus is qualified as the King of Kings. That's chapters one through four. Next, Jesus preaches loving God and loving others from five through seven. That's the Sermon on the Mount. And then chapters eight and nine, Jesus has authority over all things. And we talked a lot about disease and death and weather and demons and us disciples. Uh, next, tra- chapters 10 through 12 is Jesus sends his disciples giving on-the-job training. And it's pretty cool. That's the same thing we're doing today, right? On-the-job training with the Lord. Uh, 13 through 14, Jesus teaches the value of his kingdom over this world. So we recognize who Jesus is, and we're like, I'm all in on Jesus, and everything else doesn't matter nearly as much to me, right? That's what that is. And then um, 15 through 17, Jesus founds his church made up of all nations. So we see Peter confessing Jesus as the Christ. We see that Jesus is doing miracles and saving lives both to Israel and Gentiles. So every tongue and tribe and nation can be saved by Jesus. Next, 18 through 20, Jesus defines the church community and our ministry. So he has a lot to say about who we are to be right and the character within us. So that's like humility, servant, leadership, restoring one another, um, praying for one another. And then 21 through 23, Jesus is received by some and rejected by many, uh, a reality that we see today as well. We see him entering Jerusalem in that section. And then 24, what we were in the last three weeks is Jesus teaches us about the last days. And we've been talking a lot about words like preparation and readiness and steadiness and endurance and confidence about his return. So that gets us to where we are today, all right? We were just in chapter 24. We've been all the way from 1 through 23, and so we do that so that we understand our, our setting in the Gospel of Matthew, and particularly this morning, so we can feel where the disciples were, what their response was. And I think a lot of us have the same sort of feelings as we came out of Matthew 24. Jesus is teaching all of these high and lofty, big things that make our eyes get real big about the last days. And, and these, the, the clouds are going to open and he's going to come and he's going to rescue us, those who are saved. And, and just big above us, future, maybe today, things. And then what are we feeling is like, am I going to be with Jesus that day? Like, am I, am I saved? And then if he delays another day or another week, how am I to live knowing that I'm saved, but, but I want to live for him these days until he returns? So, so what do we do? And Jesus knows exactly how we feel. He's a great disciple maker. And so he gives the disciples that in chapter 25. He talks about kingdom readiness. And that's that first passage that we'll look at today. So rather than just knowing Jesus will return, we're asking the question like, how does that change me? How does it change us as Christians that we know Jesus Christ is going to return? We think a lot about the cross and the resurrection. And these passages, we're talking a lot about the crown, right? Like Jesus is returning. He's raised from the dead. He's in heaven. He's going to come back. So how does that affect our daily 
lives, and he is going to answer those for us today. Um, I just think, you know, reading the scriptures as we're studying God's word, and, and Nate, I love, I love what you said about just being in God's word, being a person of, of the word, and we read it, and one of the things that I find so helpful is just to think, what, what were the disciples feeling in this moment? How does that relate to how I'm feeling this morning? And I think after chapter 24, um, Jesus knows that of the disciples, and, and he's recognizing something. He's saying like, okay, disciples, uh, that was a lot, right? Like, there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be signs of the times. I'm going to, I'm going to, the clouds are going to open up. I'm going to come, and, and I'm going to scoop you up, and, and, and that's it. Like, kingdom come, it's there, right? And he's like, that, that was a lot, right? And the disciples are like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, just imagine what they're feeling, what we're feeling. And then here, he goes into chapter 25. Here's how my return sets hope for you. Here's how my return sets each day for you. Here's how you can be confident that you'll be with me when I return. And those are all the questions that they're asking. Or maybe they're the questions that they need to ask, but they don't know they need to ask because they're just kind of blown away that all these things are gonna happen. And I think that probably represents us in this room today as well. All right, so here's the big idea as we get into this passage. Readiness for Jesus's return is your faith in what Jesus did for you, all right? That's readiness. Are you ready or are you not? Comes down to, is your faith in Jesus or not, all right? Big idea, readiness for Jesus's return is your faith in what Jesus did for you. And as we move through this passage today, uh, I've set it up in these three paragraphs with statements for each point today that I, that I wonder if you can confirm as true of you and, and as, as you setting your heart on these things on a daily basis. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's discipling us. He wants to ensure that there's sincerity within us as his disciples and that these are true of us and we're setting our hearts on it. And so that, that's how we enter it. So are these three points today true of you? And here's the first one. I long for Jesus's return and my daily faith is in him, right? Is that true of you? Can you set your heart in that way? Like, what do we do with this confidence that Jesus is gonna return? And one through four is saying, I long for Jesus's return and my daily faith is in him. So here's verse one. Verse one says, then the kingdom of heaven, all right? So just hard stop, hard pause right there. Jesus is reintroducing this idea of kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. If you remember way back, the beginning of Matthew, he, he's talk, John the Baptist is saying, here comes the king. He, the king of, kingdom of heaven is near. Repent and believe. And Jesus taught all these kingdom ethics throughout the scriptures, throughout his time here in the gospels. And he's reintroducing this kingdom idea, meaning when he comes back, kingdom come, right? He comes back. That's the kingdom. That's the eternal, fully realized kingdom when he comes back. And he's saying, are you ready for that? So, just to, just to prove it to you that he's talking about that in chapter 25, verse 14, the it is the kingdom of God. And then verse 34, inherit the kingdom is Jesus's intent here. So he wants to ensure that we understand all these things about him, but also that we're applying them into our lives so that we're saved. And so we're for sure gonna be with him when he returns, right? He wants to give his life for us and then rise from the dead so that we can be forgiven our sins and have faith in Jesus and have a new life. And he's wanting to ensure that those things are true of the disciples then and of us disciples now. All right. So we talked about how the kingdom of God is the already not yet state of truth and grace and life with God because of Jesus. 
It's already not yet because that not yet, he hasn't returned yet. It's already because he's come, he's been crucified, he's raised from the dead, he's paid for our sins. That's the already not yet in the state in which we live is the truth and grace and life of Jesus Christ. So do you have that? Is that true of you? Are you in the kingdom already, right? It's, it's not fully realized yet, but are you in because of your faith in Jesus, right? The kingdom of heaven, he's describing it, all right? So let's get to the rest of this verse, and there's some really interesting language in this, and if you haven't read this already, get ready for some interesting language, all right? Verse, verse one, the whole verse, it says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like... 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom, okay? So right there, we're like, what does that mean, right? And so, so let's talk about that for just a minute. These 10 virgins, I, I want you to think of a wedding party. I want you to think of a wedding party that's ready for a wedding. They're, they're the honored guests and they know that the groom is coming and all the preparations are ready. That, that's, that's this wedding party illustration, all right? And, and as soon as the groom arrives, the wedding is gonna happen. Notice that there's a, there's a purity of these people, a, a readiness for his return. So who does that represent? That would represent us, all right? This wedding party, okay? Next is the lamps. What, what is this lamps? It says they, they took their lamps. So, so what's going on here? I, I want you to think, like back then, oil lamps, I'm, I'm bringing this into like, you know, 2023 a little bit, so I want you to think like, I'll leave the light on for you, like, like someone's coming back, you know they're coming back, you leave the light on for them, but that's not a good enough illustration for Jesus, right? So let's say like, we're gonna leave the light on for you, Jesus, and we're gonna be peeking through the windows and the blinds and like cracking the door and looking and just seeing if you're there because we're really excited that you're coming back and we know you're coming back and we're anticipating it, right? So, so leave the light on for you, but looking through the windows and the doors and all that, and then you're like, that's not enough for Jesus either. So how about it's like, we leave the light on for you and we're looking through the windows and cracking the door and like we're really ready, but when we leave the house, we're like ripping the, we're ripping the light off the wall on our front porch and we're carrying it with us. Like we're leaving the light on for you. We're with you. We're thinking about you all the time. We know you're coming back. You are light. We've, you've given us your light, and so we're carrying that light with us into this world, all right? That's what's going on here. These lamps, they take their lamps with us, who they are in the Lord. And then this last one, this last one is bridegroom. So who's the bridegroom? It's Jesus, right? It's Jesus. And we know from Ephesians 5 that the church is the bride of Christ and that Christ is is the groom. And we're heading into a wedding supper as the people of God, the, the wedding feast of the lamb, the marriage supper of the lamb. And where that's where the bride, that's us, will join with Jesus who has reunited us to God the Father. And that happens at the return of Christ. So there, there's the setup just from verse two, okay? So 10 virgins, that's us. Lamps is uh, the faith we have in Jesus Christ, the light that he is, that he's given to us because of our faith in him. And then the bridegroom is Jesus, all right? There we got the terms. There, I said there we got the terms. Now we have the terms, all right? We have the terms. And let's go to verses two through four. Two through four says this. Five of them, five of the wedding party were foolish and five were wise, so Jesus is teaching us something super important about sincerity of faith here, right? Verse three, for when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, 
But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. So Jesus is still very much in this illustration of these lamps. And after Jesus taught on the last days, the disciples are thinking and feeling, how shall we then live? And and what Jesus is saying to them in a nutshell here is, while at home and as you leave, go about each day knowing that Jesus could return. Right, every day know that Jesus could return. I think as Christians, we look back so much, and we should. Maybe we look back like, I can't say like too big of a percentage, right? We must, right? But it's also gotta be like looking forward to Jesus coming back. Like by all means, Jesus, the cross, like he paid our penalty on the cross. He rose from the dead. By all means, we look back 100%, but also 100%. He's coming back. And so there's this, I am saved because of what Jesus has done for me. And then there's, I'm saved and Jesus is coming back and he's gonna get me. So what am I gonna do between my saving faith in him and his return is I'm gonna serve him and I'm gonna be light, right? You're taking his light into this world. Your faith in Jesus, you take it with you knowing that he could return. I think of Song of Solomon 6.3, this beautiful phrase that says, I am my beloved's and my beloved's is mine. It's like this isn't some artificial kind of acquaintance relationship that we have with Jesus. It's like Jesus loves me and I love Jesus and he's coming back and we live with this idea and confidence that he's gonna come get us. And that changes the way we live every day. It changes the way we live every day. I think for a lot of us, we're just wanting to make sure, like, am I saved? Is my confidence in Jesus that he paid paid the penalty of my sin? That's critical, 100% critical. But also, he's coming back. And y'all, that changes the way we live. It changes what we're about, right? If you know something future is coming that is for sure, that is awesome, you got your faith in that, right? There's something coming up that you're so excited about. You're thinking about it all the time. For us as Christians, there is something future that is more exciting than anything we will ever do. But I just don't think we think about it very much, right? And Jesus, y'all, is coming back. The heavens are gonna open. Jesus is gonna come back. And he's saying, are you ready? And what are we doing between today and that day? And maybe it's today. What are we doing? Are we light? Is our faith in Jesus? Is our faith fueling our, our light for him? Okay, so, so point one, statement one. I wonder if this is true of you. Are you setting your heart on this? I long for Jesus' return and my daily faith is in him. Here's the second one. The second one is, if Jesus delays, my faith in him remains bright. If Jesus delays, my faith in him remains bright from verses five through nine. All right, here's verses five through nine. It says, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Y'all, I just love how real that is. Like, um, how many of the 10 became drowsy and slept? 10 out of 10, right? Uh, Every night we sleep. Jesus isn't saying like, hey, you gotta stay awake and just be like a a coffee snob for the rest of your life because I'm coming back and when, right? Like, we can rest in the Lord right? All of them became drowsy and slept. I just love how real that is. Jesus is like, I know you, I I created you. And we're like, you're right. All right. And then verse six, but at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. And then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealer's and buy for 
yourselves. All right, so again, lots of, lots of lamp, oil, light language here. So, so what is going on, right? To trim an oil lamp just means prepare the wick, right? It's like how you cut it, you light it, you, you extend it, it gets brighter. But, but when you trim that lamp and when you extend the wick, it's gonna burn more, more oil, right? And so, so this idea here is like brightness, alertness, readiness, more sight to see what's happening, right? Like your, your heart is swelling within because Jesus is coming back. You're trimming your lamp, like you've had the light, you've had your faith, but man, he's coming and you have this swell of faith and hope in Jesus because he's coming back. But when the signs of the times were seen for these five foolish ones, they panicked. Why? They didn't have faith. They didn't have that oil. They didn't have faith in Jesus Christ. And then when we see, when the the wise see the signs of the times, when they see Jesus coming back, when they hear that the bridegroom is here, they're confident. Why? Because they're full of faith. They have the light. They have faith. It's swelling within them. So this gets really practical, right? This is super practical, and we'll talk about just like the fundamentals of do, are you saved or are you not in, in the next point? But here's the practical one. As we're thinking about Jesus delaying, right? Like he didn't come yesterday, but he's gonna come at any time. That's, that's what we believe. His return is imminent. As we think about that, what do we do today if Jesus doesn't come back? What are we about? And Jesus is telling us right here, we're to be light, right? We're to be light. We're to take our faith in Jesus Christ and, and have that burning bright in our own lives and for this world to see, right? If Jesus delays, my faith in him remains bright. So the question then, if we wanna be lamps, Jesus Christ is capital L light. He says, you are light, like lowercase l light. How can we be light these days while Jesus delays, if he delays? So three things. Number one is your own walk with the Lord. Right? How do you fuel your faith? We're talking about like oil here. Some had it, some didn't. That oil is faith, like faith in Jesus, real, authentic, sincere faith in Jesus. How do you fuel your faith on a daily basis? Right? One is your own walk with the Lord. Right? It's, it's you praying. It's you reading the word, but not just to like do it as some ritual. Right? Jesus clearly, he, he's gonna say this in the, in the next few verses, but this isn't like those who are really good at rituals are saved. Those who are really good at doing Christian things are saved. It's like, no, you're doing it to meet with your Savior, right? You read and you pray and you're building your faith. And so we as believers are like, man, I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross. And then, and then he's coming back. So, so I know that's coming. And so you've got not only confidence in what Jesus has done, you've got confidence in what Jesus is gonna do. And that defines who you are today as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it defines what we, defines what we do today. We disciple others in Jesus Christ, right? So, so first is your personal walk with the Lord. A looking back at what Jesus has done to make you who you are, saved by grace through faith. A looking forward to what Jesus will do, saved by grace through faith. Meaning like, You're saved in that day when he comes back because of your faith in Jesus Christ and the grace that the Lord has given. All right, so first is your personal walk with the Lord. Next, what fuels your faith is fellowship, right? One another, right? We talk about loving God, loving one another. So here's Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. A great passage. We went through this a few years ago in Hebrews. 
Uh, It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Notice that last phrase, right? As you see the what? The day what? Drawing near. That's, that's a reference to the return of Jesus. He's coming back. So the, the early church, as Hebrews, this sermon was written to them, they're thinking Jesus is coming back. So what do we do before and as Jesus is coming back? And while he's delaying, we stir one another up toward love and good works. We're encouraging one another. Encouraging one another in what? In the Lord, in steadiness with him, and readiness for his return, and endurance through the things that we have to face in this dark world. But we're lights. And so we help one another be light, right? Think of how we do that in the, in the environments that happens. It's happening right now, Sunday mornings, as we gather together, as we hang out, we get to know people, we meet new friends, we connect with existing ones, small group serving teams, brotherly and sisterly friendships that fill this room. Um, we, we enjoy those. Not, not only um, do they glorify Jesus who saved us, Jesus uses them to fuel our faith, all right? So that's loving one another. So your own personal walk with the Lord, fellowship with one another is the second one. And then the third one is we fuel our faith through shining your light, right? Through shining your light. When we're burning bright in this world, right, it uses fuel, right? It uses faith. And that faith doesn't, doesn't run out when it's real faith. And so we stir up that faith and the Lord replenishes that faith so we can burn bright in this world for his glory, right? It's, it's, not, like, it's not like, hey, I'm saved and I'm gonna take a break and, and then Jesus is gonna come back and I'm good and I'm just gonna, there's this block of time in my life where I'm just gonna do whatever I want. It's like, no, I'm gonna live for Jesus and I'm gonna shine his light in this world. And so Jesus gives us this ministry to be light. So we do ministry And Jesus is saying to us, don't conceal your light, let it shine. Share your faith with others while you await my return. That's loving others, okay? So are these true of you so far? We've seen seen two of these from verses one through nine. Are you setting your heart on these? Number one, I long for Jesus's return and my daily faith is in him. I long for Jesus's return and my daily faith is in him. Is that true of you? And then second, if Jesus delays, my faith in him remains bright, right? Not growing dim, not like on a shelf, but my faith in him remains bright because he saved me and he's coming back. All right, so is, are those true of you? And that gets us into this third and final one from verses 10 through 13. We're, we're, gonna, do, we're gonna do a lot of work in this one, okay? All right, verses 10 through 13. When Jesus returns, I will go to heaven because of my faith in him. When Jesus returns, I will go to heaven because of my faith in him. Is that true of you? Are you setting your heart on that? So here's verse 10. Jesus says, and while they were going to buy, so remember the unwise had to, had to go, they didn't, they didn't have enough oil, right? And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with them and the marriage to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Verse 10 is a moment. Do y'all see that? Do y'all, do y'all feel that? These are words that are quick. All of these words are quick. The bridegroom came, those ready went, and the door was shut. Just like that. So it's not like 
procrastinate and then when you notice Jesus is getting close, there's enough time to be saved and place your faith in Jesus then kind of at the last minute. This is like it happened and there was no time. So he's saying, is your faith in him today? Are you ready today? Verses 11 and 12 say this. Afterward, the the other virgins came also saying, Lord, open to us. Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. This is, this is real. And Jesus is so honest. Like he knows exactly how it's going to be. He doesn't know when it's going to happen, but he knows how it's going to be. And he knows that those who are really saved are saved and those who aren't saved are not saved. And in that moment, it's, it's over. Like our time to repent and believe in Jesus is today. But what's really interesting about this passage is we see that there's five unwise who were borrowing oil that was not their own, right? This, it's, it's pointing out that they didn't have personal faith in Jesus. They didn't own their faith themselves. They were doing Christian things. They were even part of the wedding party. So equivalent of that would be like, hey, we're, we're at church. We're, we're in small group. We're doing Christian things. But in this moment, There were some that were not saved and some that were. But the ones that were not were borrowing faith from other people. And y'all, it's so important to realize that in this moment, it doesn't matter if your parents were Christians and you grew up in a Christian home. It doesn't matter if like, you know, granda, every time I tell people I'm a pastor, they're like, oh yeah, my great grandpa was a pastor. I don't know why, but it's like everyone's great grandpa was a pastor. (laughs) But it's, like, but it's like in that moment, it doesn't matter who your great-grandpa was and what he did. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you grew up in a Christian home. It doesn't matter if you're like in a small group and like around Christian things. It doesn't matter if you go to CLI and stamp books for prisoners, right? What matters in those moments is are you saved or are you not? And I'm not saying what I just said, and I know y'all understand me with this. It's not like don't do those things like small group and, and serving, It just means our hope isn't in those things. Those are the outflow of our faith. That's the burning bright of our faith. But do you have faith? Or are you just figuring out how to burn bright without faith? And that's what's happening in, in this passage. There were people that day who were there who even the other wedding guests thought, yeah, you're like, you five are also, like, we're all in. And then they weren't. And and Jesus is having this come to Jesus moment. Are you really saved? Or is your faith in doing Christian things? Is your faith in, you know, someone else's faith? And you borrow it and you're like, I'm good. You gotta own your faith. You gotta own it yourself. Is Is it yours? Has Jesus saved you? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Or are you assuming that you're saved? Right, this is, this is by all means the most important application. As we think, as we think about coming out of the last days and Jesus is, Jesus is teaching, he's coming back. Well, what's the first thing we think about? Well, am I saved? Like, am I gonna be with him or not? And that's exactly what he's getting after. First thing, it's exactly what he's getting after. I think we probably think there's three groups of people. There's like, there's like Christians and then like another chair is people who are like around the church but like, Christians, and then there's the lost. And Jesus is saying there's only two groups. It's like saved or not. It's Christians or not. It's in Christ or not. And man, that's, that's convicting. Because we, 
we live in a nominal faith sort of city, right? This is one reason we planted a harvest in Raleigh where there's so many churches. It's like Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says a similar thing that he says in this passage. He says, but I never knew you. That doesn't mean he doesn't know you by name. He knows everyone. He created us, right? But this know here means like, like relationship. It means saving faith. It means he's written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life because you placed your faith in him. He says, I never knew you. So were they acquainted with the groom? Yeah. But were they saved by the groom? No. And so Jesus, he wants us to be saved. So he's really clear that we gotta make sure we ourselves are saved. So like, what, where are you with this? Are you saved or, or are you not? Right? Is your faith in doing Christian things and like getting approval from God because I do Christian things well or is your faith in Jesus who is your savior? Like, are you your savior in your ability to do things or is Jesus your savior and his ability to have done all things that you need for salvation and you place your faith in him? That's a huge difference, but it gets really blurred in the way we live our lives sometimes, right? Is your faith squarely in and on Jesus Christ? Jesus or your works, Jesus or church attendance. It's just Jesus, right? And then verse 13, Jesus zooms out real big, lands the plane. For us disciples, verse 13, it says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And the disciples are like, oh, I thought you were gonna slow down a little bit, right? And then there he is. But he gets, he gets to the soul of things, right? That's what he does. He wants eternity with God in heaven for all of us. And so, of course, he's this specific with us, right? Right, so, so how do we watch? And, and what does this mean of us as Jesus' disciples, this verse 13, watch therefore, right? What does this mean? It means, one, our faith is in Jesus. So question one, is your faith in Jesus Christ? Saving faith, you believe in Jesus and what he's done for you for the forgiveness of your sins. You believe he not only forgave your sins, but he rose from the dead and he gives you new life. Do you believe that? Is your faith in Jesus? Or is your faith in like some of that and some of you? That's not saving faith. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus, right? All right, so is your faith in Jesus? Second, is your faith in him steady and burning bright here, right? Is it steady and burning bright here? And this isn't one of those things where Jesus is gonna evaluate you and you're saved based on how, how your works are after you're saved. This, this isn't what it means. It means like if you're saved and you really love Jesus, then by all means, you want to burn bright in this dark world, right? That's how we wait on a daily basis. And, and then third isn't a question, it's, it's a statement. Our faith one day will be sight. So that day, are you ready? Today, for that day, then. And what will you do if Jesus delays between now and then? So lots to think about, critical things. I think there's a lot of people in our church um, over these 14 years that have come to faith, not in the like, hey, raise my hand, this is a moment of decision thing, but I think a lot of people have come to faith because they've been familiar with Jesus for a really long time, and then they're like, I don't know that I was ever saved, I think I just knew about being saved. And people have come to Christ and they've, and they've been baptized and, right, and their eternity is set and they praise the Lord, right? So if that's you today, God, God's grace to you, right? He, Jesus, is, Jesus is 
It's helping you in, right, to understand that today. So as we close, I want, I want to do something um, with communion as, as we share communion that's just a, a bit different than we've done it before or, or a bit more, it's the same as we've always done it, but explained a touch differently. So y'all grab the, y'all grab the communion cup and um, I, I just want to illustrate what we've thought about today as we've looked at Matthew 25, 1 through, um, 1 through 13, okay? So um, Jesus gave uh, the lamp, the, the tin, uh, the groom as, as illustrations today, right? Um, and he gave the illustration of the oil as, as an illustration of faith and readiness, all right? So he also gave us communion at, as an illustration, right? So let me, let me just ask you some questions. Is our faith that we would be saved, is our faith um, gained because we drink this and we take this today? Are we saved because we drink some juice and eat this cracker? Are we saved? No, no. But does it illustrate Jesus and what he's done for us? By all means, right? Right. So, so for us to be like, but Lord, but Lord, I, I, I ate the cracker and I drank the juice. He would say, but I never knew you, right? It's an illustration, like we can do things but Jesus is saying, your faith isn't in the illustration. Your faith has got to be in me. Your faith isn't in the work. Your, your faith has got to be in me. So we take this as a reminder of what he's already done. This is already done, right? This is already applied to us. We take it as an illustration, not as a means of gaining approval before God or making ourselves feel good. We take this as a reminder that Jesus has done everything we need for eternity. He's done everything we need for forgiveness of sins. Do y'all, do y'all see that? Do you, un, do you understand that? I think so often we're like, how am I living my faith? How am I living my faith? And Jesus is like, is your faith in me? Is your faith in him? Both what he's done and what he will do. And does that mark your life today? By faith. Your faith in him. So on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and he broke it and he said, this represents my body that is sacrificed for you. Right? This illustrates it. Right, as often as you take it, do this and remember it to me. He took, he took some wine and he said, he said, this wine represents the blood of a new covenant, the, the covenant of, a forg- of forgiveness of sins. Y'all, a covenant of forgiveness of sins. A covenant based on whom? On us? No. A covenant based on Jesus and what he's done and our faith in what Jesus has done. A covenant wrought by Jesus that we enter into by faith in him. Right? So this illustrates our faith. So if you're saved by grace through faith today, I want us to share this together. And if you're here today and you're not saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ yet, may today, may this moment be that moment for you where you place your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. All your faith in Jesus, not like 50-50, just all your faith in him. May today be the day. You, you pray to God and you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. There's no way I can get to you. You're the holy God. The only way is by your only means, and it's Jesus. And so you place your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you're saved, okay? So if that's you today, do that. Be be saved today. Be sure today. Be ready today. All right, so if that just happened for you, praise God. Like, join us in sharing communion, okay? All right, so let's take this now, just kind of understanding what it is, understanding the significance of it our faith in who? 
in Jesus. So let's, let's take this together. Body of Christ, sacrifice for us. just a minute and I want to pray for you okay I want to pray for us and then and then we'll sing a closing song okay so um, I'm just going to do a couple little prayer prompts and then and then you follow and and just fill that in fill in that space with the Lord just you and the Lord okay all right um, uh, Lord we we believe that Jesus, you came and you paid the penalty for us on the cross, Lord. Um, I am a sinner and uh, my faith is in you and what you've done for me to forgive me. Just pray that to the Lord. identity is in him it's not in our status it's not in our age or our work situation our relationship situation what matters on that last day is do you believe or not and we spend so much time worrying about our statuses here and and all that's going to matter on that day is where where we stand with the lord jesus so next lord we we know you're coming back and it's so thrilling to see it, to understand it. The skies are gonna open up, you're gonna come down, you're gonna, we're gonna meet you in the air and we can't wait for that. But Lord, we, we don't think about it a lot. We think about our daily lives, we think about the cross and the resurrection a lot and that is so important. But Lord, help us to think on your coming return and would that set our days today? So just pray that to the Lord. Pray what your days would look like today and every day as he and if he delays as we're light for him in this dark world. Jesus, we love you, and we're so thankful for the way that you disciple us today. You've already given, um, you've given it all for us, your life, and you rose from the dead, and you've given us new life. You've forgiven our sins, and then you disciple us today. You enter into exactly what we're feeling and needing to know, are we in or are we out, and how do I live now knowing that you're coming back, and you've answered those questions for us, so God, help us to live it. Help us be sincere disciples of you, Lord Jesus. Um, you are our savior and one day uh, we're going to be with you at the wedding supper of the lamb and, and we can't wait so help us be bright disciples for you from this day until that day in Jesus name and by the power of your spirit we pray amen amen